Hey guys, just Josh here. Welcome to Ballarat Talks. Proudly sponsored by the Region Cinema. Yeah, you, yeah. you were putting the balls on the line there. Yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I moved, I moved out of home when I was 14, so it sort of comes really yeah. my face. Hope you enjoyed today's episode, guys, with Biana Skews. Alright, today's guest, uh, she's pretty well known around the area, the Ballarat community. She's been, uh, she's, she, sorry, she's produced the award winning podcast in Pride and is it prejudice, should I say? Do you not know how to say the word? I don't know. I can't say it. This is why prejudice. <laughs> I really struggle with this it. This is like how I struggle to say car park. I always say park park. I'll forgive you. Pro, 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 pre, you say it. Pride and prejudice. Perfect. Do you want me to say it? In, in the last year. <laughs> also, she started Tweed Ride in Ballarat, um, which is part of the, the Ballarat Heritage Festival. And she loves fashion and blogging. Welcome, Liana Skews. Sup. Sup. We're connecting quite well. We've actually we've followed each other for a little while on social media, but never connected. Like we sort of talk a little bit about rollerblading every now and then, but yeah, you're still blading. Yeah, uh, skating, yes, because you blade like an absolute yep. gangster. Yep. That's a that's fantastic. Yeah, and I, there's like a really strong skate community in Ballarat, which has been there is. fantastic. We yeah. uh, we went for a skate. Must have been it would have been two or three months ago. Oh, sorry, mate, I forgot your name, but he, he this guy came up to us, but he had a. Um, uh, what do you call it? Ballarat Council top on yeah and we're putting lines you know like nothing bad but there's lines on those netball courts yeah as you do it and I thought here we go he's coming over he's got the boots on and then he's like hey do you, do you mind if I come back and what's, what's your name and this is real sus and he's like I want to come skate with this like um, I want to find somebody to roll, like play like hockey so we get the hockey California, sticks out California yeah loves it it's actually we, do, we were just talking about my brother before yep. um, Cax um, we used to skate when we were younger and he played roller hockey heaps can he roll can he? he's good I don't reckon he's put on blades for about 20 years but I'm coming for he it. loved it yeah <laughs> he's, oh, he's artwork I, I do want to get him on too Did yeah he? yeah oh yeah 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 you absolutely should right, yeah cool so he's some of his artwork is in the gym actually still yeah you know have you seen it you would do the other ones I'm talking about yes he's now got to the point where we used to be like as a fan we'd be super obsessively like what's he done now what's he done now what's he done now and now it's like he'll do some stuff and you're like hang on wait I haven't caught up to I the last thing yet. he did yeah he's um been pretty prolific he's so. everywhere yeah. which means that often um I won't see him for weeks because he'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm so lucky he's got his girlfriend over here now. So yeah. um, I say that because um, she's been doing the, the 2 a.m. supervising him in some laneway somewhere. And I remember doing that when he was painting, is it Hair at Public? The one at the bottom of, of um, Sturt Street. And there's some, some faces on the, yeah, on the yeah. wall down yep. there. So he did those. And I remember being with him at 2 in the morning, putting down drop streets and taping walls so that he could paint and stuff. Isn't he allowed to do it during the day? Yeah, he can. He but that man is a machine. No, he just like, doesn't care. He just doesn't hour. stop. And he overbooks himself because every artist can't say no. Yep. So. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, anyway. I, lo- I love his work. I'll have to get him on. I'd love to meet him. Um, all right, for a start. Blogging, you do a lot of blogging around town. Yeah. Yes. It's funny that you say this because for 2020, I did like zip blogging for yep. multiple reasons. One is 2020 and the other okay. is that Pride and Prejudice podcast. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, blogging in in the form of like, it's more like f- journalism and photographic journalism. So yep. I'll write interesting stuff. Um, sometimes I write like uh, philosophical, philosophical yep. life stuff. Like if I've learnt a major lesson, I'll be like, hey, this is a thing that I think, like, I don't know who needs to hear this, but yeah. And um, photography. You love photography. Oh, yeah. Where'd you learn? Uh, 
partially self-taught. So I, I picked up a camera a long time ago and I was just like, this is fun. Yep. And the reason I picked it up was because I wanted to be a filmmaker, which is still a goal. And by still, I mean, I thought that wasn't an achievable dream. To be a filmmaker? So I benched it, yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to be a film director. And then I was into cinematography because of that. And then I got into photography because of that and then gave up on the dream of being a film director. So, um, which is funny now because now I'm into doing stuff and um, I've still got all my film mates and like one of, the, one of my housemates is a, is a director. Yep. And um, when I edit photos or film compared to when he edits, we've got such different tastes because he's come from the straight film side of things. So he's like, no, 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 you're over punching. I'm like, where's Anderson? Crank where's it up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's how I got into photography was um, that beauty, the cinema, the romance yep. of, of imagery. Ugh. And it makes something forever. Which it's funny, I take someone's picture and I can be shocking at remembering people's names, but I can remember people's faces, particularly if I've taken their photo. Sometimes I might have taken it at an event and they were just a guest there. And yeah. I saw them for like five seconds and I take their picture. And then several years later, I go back and I'm like, hey, I know you from somewhere. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And then I just, there being a creep for ages, and then I remember that I just randomly took their photo on the side of something. Great though. Yeah. Where do you, post, do you just post all that work to your... Yeah, on the blog, uh, on my Flickr, I do um, professional stuff in magazines and sometimes brands and... Um... Uncovered, is that one of them? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I've got the cover shot of ah, Uncovered this time, which is exciting. You posted the other day, wasn't it? Yeah, it's really funny because um, before it was Uncovered and when she had Ballarat um, Lifestyle Magazine, I had um, this goal of getting... Um, a cover, like taking one of the cover photos of that and I did this shoot and I had this one shot and I'm like, yes, the one's going to be the cover. And then it came out, it was a completely different shot for this shoot and I was like, what? <laughs> like, oh, just, so it wasn't the one you wanted? Not, not like offended, yeah. um, but just like did not see it coming. Um, and then I was like, um, oh my God, I need to do like way better Photoshop jobs in every picture I do because now I can see where. So... Now, because of that incident, I actually treat every picture like it's the cover shot. Yep. Because you never know which one it's going to be. That's a good metaphor for life, too. Knock that one down. Do you, um, who gets to decide that? How many photos you send through to them? It depends what... Um, so Lucy's the editor. She's yep. freaking amazing. Um, one, of the, one of the business women in Ballarat that I'm proudest to know. Um, she's really kind, honest... Um, genuine and really backs up other businesses mm -hmm. um, speaking of people that you should get on here and yeah. we'll get to that later okay. yeah. um, but um, yeah fantastic the way that she's um, you know brought that that magazine to life and um, made it a real staple in yep. the in the print scene of this city um, anyway so she'll just message me and like I want this I want this I want this um, and because of blogging yeah I'll like we'll have the technical know have okay i need this to be like she'll give me specifics of portrait or landscape or whatever um although yesterday she did ask me to tell, take a self-portrait which is my achilles heel and i may or may not have had a an artistic meltdown because i i couldn't get another photographer in to do it for me because oh, i just hate taking photos of myself no one would come in so fair uh i had friends none of them were available okay. in the time limit that i yeah. gave them yeah but, which is why i started uh, another reason why I started the blog to begin with was to um, get better at 
getting photos taken of me and it's usually why I use a photographer as an like I use an assistant mm -hmm. and I guide them because it's so much easier than setting up a tripod and doing the thing and then changing yeah, it's not bad. mate the amount of bloggers that do that and I've got so much respect for them I've got a few buddies actually um, Rebecca from a clothes horse she originally took most of hers on tripod and sometimes now she um, uses her husband to take the pictures and stuff yep. but back in the day I remember looking at her stuff in like you know 2009 and she's got the tripod and a remote and just on this old gorgeous bridge by her house oh like God, the commitment we've sidetracked ask me a different question no, 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 <laughs> <that's fine. laughs> um, so when you well, I, actually I want to know so you've been in Barrett a long time you're born here yeah I was yeah born here mm. what school did you go to uh, I went to four different schools. Okay, actually. you're a badass, or you just wanted to move around, or yeah, I burned something down. Okay, did you really? No, I didn't. <laughs> you're so gullible. Yeah, I know. Is, I'm you sorry. can't let me know that this is going to be a problem around the rest of the thing. I'm going to suck him in. So, uh, no, uh, the first school was a very small strict religious school because I grew up quite strict religious mm -hmm. um, so uh, it was the Ballarat Seventh Day Adventist Primary School when I started there was about 40 kids there when I left there was about 20 wow. and then I went to Alfredham Primary yep. and then I went to Ballarat High me and Ballarat High did not gel and then I went to Ballarat Secondary College Barclay Senior yeah, Campus which yep. doesn't exist anymore that school changed my life um, far out, yeah. Um, it was revolutionary at the time. And when they set it up, I think it was originally meant to be a feeder school for most year 11s and 12s. It was going to be like the VCE school, which yep. I think they have as a setup in Bendigo. But it's it was free of uniforms. Most teachers were on a first-name basis. Um, there were no bells. Um, it was... You were given the accountability of being an adult yep. whilst them giving you a safe environment that you would someone who's... A child. Almost like a university, yeah? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So by the time you got to uni, you knew what you were doing. There was no um, really strict... And, it, like, it was funny. Um, heaps of kids that were at school at the same time, they'd be like, oh, I wouldn't know what to wear to school. I'm like, mate, you build your own uniform. By the end of the first week, you know what everyone's going to wear every day for the rest of the entire Same thing. Everyone does the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So good schools, though. Awesome. Yeah. Um, back to the blogging stuff, though. Mm. Best places in town. Go. Hit me. To go yeah. for what? Uh, this okay, is a num long list. You've got food. unlimited food. Mm. Give me a meal. Uh, Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack. Dinner. Well, tonight I'm going to Carboni's. I haven't been to Ragazzoni yet because simply because I haven't been able to get in on the nights that I've been able oh, to go. It's pretty booked out, isn't it? Isn't it? And I just that duck ragu. Duck ragu. Where? <laughs> No one can see the look on my no, face. I was say laughing. Um, yeah, I would go there. Moon and Mountain, yep. Lola. Um, yeah, so I've already said Carbonis. Um, have made the car I haven't been to Carbonis yet. Have you not? No, I've been to Ragazzoni, love that. I've been to, obviously, Moon, love that. Yeah. My favourite. You've been to Lola? Uh, I think for a coffee. I don't think I've been. My man. Good? Do yourself a favour. Yeah? Uh huh. Dinner. Mm -hmm. Dinner. Okay. Dinner. But that's that's a place that if anyone ever mentions a meal, I will recommend one of those places to go to. Yep. Um, if L'Espresso... This is hard because 2020's happened and there's so many places that have completely changed the way they do business, so it's hard to recommend spots. Um, so I'm currently trying to revamp my whole my blog. lists for yep. people because people normally message me and be like, where do I go for... And I just send them a blog article. Yep. Um, but L'Espresso do dinners sometimes one night a week. 
Yeah, um, it's like a specialty. Yeah. It's yeah. Cool. yeah. Oh, you got to get on that train. Mm-hmm. Um, where else do I love doing dinner? Ask me about drinks because I'm going to go to Your town. drinks? Oh, All right, hit me with drinks. Go. Cocktails? Oh, the, like, if we're going to start with cocktails, the number one place you have to go is 18th Amendment. Like, let's let's begin there. Haven't been there, but yes. Josh, what I is know, wrong with you? I know. I don't go out too often. How is this called Ballarat Talks and not Josh needs an education? I do need education. <laughs> I'll bring you in. I, I haven't been there yet. No. Okay, so the story behind 18th Amendment is um, they, they started a place in Geelong. They won Best Regional Bar. So them coming to California was a big deal. Yep. Like the fact that we nailed, like, bring it in, guys. Like that was great. Then you've got MH. Um, they do cocktails too, but obviously their specialty is the wine. Yeah. So they've won awards for their wine list. Yep. Um, Dylan and I were talking about a wine. So there's two wines that they have had access to recently that I would recommend checking out if they've got them. One is called. Um, it's a Wendery wine. Um, it's a red. Can't remember it. Wendery. If you just say that, the bartenders will know what we're talking about. And there's one. It's a 2021 called Clusterfuck. Clusterfuck. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm keen. Dylan was telling me how good it was, and then we tried to order it, and it was so good that they were sold out, and they've ordered more. So, when is that through them? No, 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 no. Um, it's not an MH one. No. Um, but if you're going to go MH, you obviously have to go Saber. And if it's a special occasion, you have to Saber it open. Mm-hmm. Um, also, cocktails would be Moon and Mountain. Um, What's your favourite? Your favourite? Favourite cocktail or favourite yeah. place to go? Um, actually, um, so I've been taught this recently. The best thing that you can order at every single venue you go to is in a Negroni. So it's the standard of ordering, ordering a latte or a cappuccino, and it's the way by which you can measure the venue as to whether or not really? they do cocktails Negroni. well. So it doesn't matter what they've got on their list. Go in and order a Negroni. And you'll start to very quickly be able to pick which ones are good and not, whether or not you know what's going on in okay. that venue with any other any other cocktail. So, yeah, Lola as well is fantastic for cocktails. What I like about their cocktails is they're not flashy. So if you want flash and if you want the theatre of cocktails, mm-hmm. you've got to go to 18th Amendment. Mm-hmm. If you want um, something where they're just unbridled booze and the seduction of that, go to Lola. Okay. Yeah. And if you want something that's like just ridiculously cheeky, obviously you're gonna go to Moon. Yeah. Um, which the cool thing about uh, they do all of theirs not with egg white, with what you call it. I can't remember the name. The shake things, yeah. Yeah. So when they shake, they don't usually use egg white, which means that if you're allergic to egg, you can have their cocktails. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, I've just I've like literally been talking around my favourite venue for everything, which What's is fun? Pancho. Ah, yeah. Um, and Magus across the way also has some ridiculously good Spanish gins. Yep. But yeah, Pancho is my favourite for everything. everything. Really? Everything. I love it there so much. How often do you go? Not often enough. No. I think they get sick of me. I mean, I'll, every time I go and I'm like, hey, Jose, hey, hey, hey Jose, hey, hey, it's me. <laughs> so, so you're in there a fair bit then? Yeah. It's a problem. Nah, not a problem at all. <laughs> How much do you drink a week? Do you drink much a week or not? Uh, I keep hitting this. That's and I, as a, pers- a person that does this, I'm like, he's just going to have to deal with all the bumps it's in the fun. microphone. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as she drinks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gin mostly. Um, or, gin? Um, not, not as much as... It's funny. There's people in my house that work in hospitality, so it feels like I don't drink at all. <laughs> Let's just leave oh, it at that. okay. That's fairly yeah. heavy. <laughs> um, all right. So let's move on to the heritage stuff. So, yes. So you... 
you're gonna have to explain this to me because I've seen a lot of your heritage stuff, but I don't know exactly. You started Tweed. Yeah. In, tweed rifle. So in 2012, um, my sister and I had seen pictures of tweed rides all over the world, and we we're pretty jaded that the Ballarat Heritage Weekend at the time didn't have a tweed ride. And we're like, "What is this bullshit?" Yep. Fuck off, we we'll do it ourselves. Good. So, um, except not like that because my sister doesn't swear because she's sweet and beautiful and also a little bit of a prude i say that she's gonna be dying she's gonna watch she's gonna be like leona and my sister and i are like very very similar in so much stuff and then there'll just be a couple of things that are just like we are wildly different polar opposite um my use of the c-bomb would probably be one of the classic examples which i won't do on your podcast i don't, don't mind like, like to <laughs> let's party um yeah so she and i were like um let's do this hit up a bunch of my friends so it was me my sister Sam McIntosh the mayor a couple of my best mates at the time yep. one of their sisters um, my brother's then girlfriend and uh, the bass player Jess from my band yep. and it was just us and we just like got whatever weird tweety stuff we had in the cupboard yep. went for a ride and the best thing about that that ride was there's no public liability insurance no one had to book I didn't have to care about anyone's opinions and Sam Mack just straight away that woman is a badass she just goes all right we're going up here and we just stop at places and she'd start talking history she takes us to her house which was this um homestead that she's been renovating is this one current or old the current one so i used to work at need of eyes oil so yeah right anyway um and i so my that's how my sister and i met sam so we worked there as cleaners doing tours um serving like everything so historic tours. so sam just automatically goes into historic tour mode and gives us this full tour of ballarat takes us to her house gives us a tour of her house I think the second Tweed ride which I organised as well the same thing happened and it was the most brilliant chaotic 30 people just being around with Sam just and this is over here and oh oh, oh, we're going to bring up this place and I was just like I have no idea what is happening and we're just like weaving off looking at stuff it's not like that now Um, I like we've got the virtual ride that's up so people can go in and check that out and they can see all the stuff that we ride past and I've got like what year stuff was built and, and what its significance is to Ballarat all the damn fountains around the lake there's so many fountains the, you know that one corner there's two like, how many fountains around Ballarat I mean around the lake. lake yeah there's two in that one spot I'm sure there's more than that no we have two I'm pretty sure maybe there's definitely more in the gardens yeah no anyway. there has to be at least three maybe one in the gardens there's, so, there's the, the Rustic Garden and the Central Highlands Centenary Fountain are in the same spot together. Yeah, the, what, that's near the lake view. Is that what If I'm wrong on this. I think you're wrong. Anyway, we'll call oh. Sam after this. There you go. <laughs> did she tell you? Did you know what? No, she didn't tell me this. I researched all of this oh, for the you, tour. Did, did you know what, what they used to own in stall? Still own, but not operate? No. You ever heard of that? No. You heard of Mini World? Never heard of Mini World? No. Oh my God. Oh my God. Have I been Mini robbed World, of this? Yeah, you've been robbed. Mini World was like install. So that's where I grew up there. They have, um, it's like the world and you've got a mini uh, like pyramid. And like, I'm talking, it's still there. Like you, it's got like, is this a cast? No, not cast. What's? So it's not operational, but no, it's still there? it's not operational, but it's still there. Like they've got, it's this huge like theme park you can walk through and they have my the, dude. The suit, the, the whole... I'm going to have to... I'm going to go and stage some Gulliver's Travels photos there. I'm telling there's some really cool... So You're my, telling me Sam mom, still owns this? Yeah, mum still owns I'm pretty sure. Mini, hang on. Mini... I'm going to text her as soon as this is done. I'm, I'm certain. Your girl is getting in there. Mini World 
Sorry, guys, I'm just going to look this up just so I can show it up. <laughs> Mini world photos. Here we go. See if this comes up. No. Actually, this has just reminded me while you're looking for those pictures. When I was doing one of the shoots, so the cover shot for Uncover this, this month, mm. this volume, um, we were out at Mount Buangor and we went driving up to look at the lookout, which was, don't bother, it wasn't worth it. And no. um, on the way back, we're driving down and then... Um, I'm driving along and I'm like, is that a T-Rex? Like that. Oh it's my not, gosh. And it's like, but it's, 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 it's a lot bigger than that. There's like little windmills. Yeah, there's little windmills. I love windmills. This is great. You have to go for a look. I don't know. She's still in there, maybe. I don't know. I'll research. research anyway, so we're driving along and there's this T-Rex and we slow down like, what the fuck? And then there's Velociraptors and a Triceratops and then in the distance a Brontosaurus and... Just randomly, in someone's yard? Where's this? In the Pyrenees, driving down the like the exit road from Mount Buengo, not one of the four-wheel drive tracks, like the proper exit road. That's all the instructions I can give you guys to this weird Pyrenees. Jurassic Park that's yeah. just randomly yeah. in a field somewhere. Whereabouts in the Pyrenees, though? Like what? So you've got Mount Buengo. I'm probably mm. saying that wrong. Give Don't me, care. Give me a bit, bit. What road do you go down? Like a dirt you, one? No, but where do you go from here? So you leave Ballarat, you go you towards... You drive towards Ararat. You mean Buanga? Is that how you pronounce yeah, it? Buanga. Bad. This is one of those words that you've only ever read yep. and never said out loud. So and so your brain reads like, it and yeah. just goes, and blah, 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 carry on. Buanga. Yeah. It's yeah. like when you read a fantasy novel and someone's name comes up. You can remember what it looks like, but you've never tried to pronounce it. So you just <laughs> carry on. Uh, dresses. How do you... Do you, actually, I was actually at a, uh, like, I, I obviously try and film with some different dress-ups sometimes. <laughs> I was at, is it B-L-O-C, Block? Block. Yeah. Is that one of those words that we've yeah, only ever Yeah, one of those words. <laughs> 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 I was just trying to like a abbreviation. Yep. Um, and I was talking to one of the ladies, yeah, I can't remember her name, sorry, but she... I hope it was Andrea. No, nah, give me some more names. Uh... Is it, there's a Gail there maybe? Gail, I think that sounds right, but it could have been the first one. Andrea? Yeah, it could have been. That might have both I been I love them both, too. but yeah, carry well, on. She said that you come in and get your costumes from there. I do. do you, is that where you get all of them from or do you make some of them? Um, it depends what I'm doing. So uh, when, <laughs> oh my God, this one time my friends had this, um, it was like a classic literature Halloween party um and so my then boyfriend and i went as around the world in 80 days so he was whatever the dude is with it so we went there to get his costume and i made myself into a hot air balloon and it's the coolest costume i have ever made but when listen, your head pops out and you see like no it was like i sat the balloon on my head it went around and then it like the ropes and then a basket that just sort of dangled at my feet and i just sort of sat there bobbing oh my god <laughs> Anyway, yes, I do go to block a fair bit. Um, but that's also because I'm part of Ballarat National Theatre as well and the theatre companies have a, a like a, an arrangement together. Yep. So Block will go and get their, a lot of their costumes for shows from there. So when we did um, Pride and Prejudice, this stage show in 2018, so that was a sellout, amazing season. Fantastic. Directed by Alexandra Mirbach. Yep. Um, so we some of the costumes we made, or all of them, and then we gave... Um, most of them to block so now people can if they want to dress up like Elizabeth Bennett they can go and yep. get them from there yeah. Was that her, her, her madge or not? Nah uh, mm. so Ballarat National Theatre usually is at the Courthouse Theatre 
Do you know where that is? No. Oh, let's Go educate, on. educate Josh on it. Educate Josh. So it's at the SMB campus, and oh, it's yeah. courthouse yeah. because it's the old courtroom where they used to sentence people to die. Oh, right. I mean, they did lots of things, but the, uh, drama. Yep. Going just before you go down Downing Street Hill, you turn right. Is that it? So you're going towards Downing yeah. Street Hill and you turn right at that roundabout? Yeah. In there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you come in from more like the Sweet Fern side on Armstrong Street. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then how to go into a podcast? How does that? Well, a pandemic happened. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed. I got and, that uh... bit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Long time, was it a year, nearly? Yeah, oh, um, so the cast got together and was just like, you know, we'll read the script. So uh, Jane Austen particularly, so mm, end of World War One. let's go back <laughs> let's go in right time. Back. <laughs> um, end of World War One. the British Army used to prescribe Jane Austen novels to soldiers with PTSD, and that's when Austenites formed, like collectives of people that just adore Jane Austen's writing. Um, I think one of the reasons why people possibly adore Jane Austen is because, yeah, tough stuff does happen to the characters, but she doesn't make you live through the trauma. Okay. Um, whereas if you like watching something like Outlander, um, you're going to have to put trigger warnings on this now, but stuff like rape is used as a plot point, and, and you have shows and things where... So Gail Simone, the comic book writer, um, coined this term where the girlfriend gets fridged. So The Crow was a classic example of that. So girlfriend gets raped and murdered and the guy comes back from the dead to take revenge on all of these people, including my favourite actor, Michael Wingott. Anyway, uh, let's not divert Mm. ourselves into random trivia about The Crow. So... uh, Yeah, Gail Simone talks about this whole fridging stuff of a person gets hurt and therefore, like, they don't exist. They're just a plot point so that someone else can have their journey. Um, But Jane Austen doesn't do that to the reader. Okay. So you get to have this, a real human experience, but it's somewhat sweet and innocent and therefore feels familiar and becomes a bit of a home. So um, Milne that wrote Pooh Bear, Winnie the Pooh, um, he was an Austenite and that's one of the things that, and that was because of the war, I believe. Um, So the cast of the 2018 cellar production of Pride and Prejudice, directed by Alexandra Mirbeck, they uh, got together because the story was such a thing for them that they just wanted to return to it. And I've never been in a cast that is bonded like that cast did. That was quite something and that was Austin's work that did it yeah um and then we were like maybe we do a zoom performance of this but everybody was doing zoom performances like you were competing with international companies yep. with zoom so what, what do you like you can't compete so um Liv and I were talking about it and I was like let's do the book and she goes well we could do like we could just pay for the rights I'm like it gets complicated the book's free let's do the book come on Liv come on Liv come on Liv mate I bet she regrets saying yes at some point I mean, several times a week she probably regretted it. Yeah. And then I was like, well, like, what are we going to do? And I was like, I'll direct it. I'll figure out how to edit. This is great. Awesome. Let's fuck around and find out. And we did. Yep. And we found out. And it was not all, all good things. Like, it was a really, 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 really hard slog. Yep. But that's the way when you're, you're breaking ground. I, like, wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world. Like, the stuff I've learned out of doing that it has been next level. So, um, yeah, so we had to create the processes as we're going. So it took us 10 months. If I did it now, it'd probably take me three because yep. I know what I'm doing. And I, I know exactly what sort of time I need to put aside and what needs to happen first and stuff like that. But you live and learn. Yep. Um, 
And I've got some that I'm proposing to do. Mm-hmm. So we'll be doing it again. Awesome. But yeah. But yeah, and we started putting it out and Liv and I were like, our mums are going to listen to this and that'll be great. And we can talk to our mummies about it. We can have like a little mother-daughter bonding. And then people started messaging us from like LA and oh, wow. Ireland. How did and they find it? Mexico. It's on everything. So it's on like Spotify and Apple. And so people just search Pride and Prejudice and they'd be skipping through listening. And now it starts with a little intro being like, oh, hey, pandemic friends. Like, it doesn't sound like that. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> this is Liana's brain reenacting. Uh, so, yeah, people would come and listen to it. And, and then it just took off, off. Like, none of us were expecting that. How many, do, you, do you talk about views? Can you tell me how many views? Yeah, um, so downloads. Yeah. Um, I think we're about, might have just clocked. Um, let me bring yeah, it let up. Me, let me bring it up. Uh, 100,000, I believe. So let's... 100,000 downloads. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. We'll see what the exact stat is. I used to check it weekly because I was uploading and whatever we were doing yep. weekly. Um, where's my stats? Stats. Is this one Anchor? Huh? You use Anchor? No. no. What do you use? We use Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout. Okay. Oh, 116,000. That's Bang. it. Yeah. That's fantastic. Wow. You probably wouldn't be able to see that, but, you know, yeah. Um, so, like, we were, I remember when it got to 1,000, and we were like, yes! And then now this just feels like, I have no idea what that was. Like, what do you do with that information? I don't, we'll do, can you do ads, do you do ads off of that? Uh, we'd rather not. You'd rather just do Um, like, you could. Yeah. But because we're a not-for-profit theatre company, ah, the goal yeah. is not to make money. Yeah. Um, like, we cover our costs for sure. And we do that by, if people buy um, merchandise, that helps us have a buffer towards the budget to make a production. Gotcha. So, um, Pride and Prejudice made its money back, which was excellent. Awesome. And that means that there's money now in a kitty for other projects, other projects to yeah. do. So, you want to do another big project? Mate, oh. In You're going to laugh at this. There's, so there's three that I've got prepped, ready to go. I've already actually started a couple of them. Yep. Um, so uh, Alice in Wonderland, Persuasion, which is another Jane Austen one, and The Great Gatsby. Yep. So they're my, my current... Like, I've pitched them for Ballarat National Theatre to see what they think about, but if B&T um, can't fit them into their schedule, then I'll, I'll look other places too. Um, but there's, and I've actually had, um, a buddy with another company already say, Hey, you do it through me. So that's cool. So I've got, I've got options to make them happen. Um, but my, one of my favorite writers is Alexander Dumas, um, who's this black French man. So he wrote, um, the Count of Monte Cristo, um, the Three Musketeers, um, so all of that like revolutionary stuff. Because oh my god, do you know anything about Alexander Dumas? No. <sighs> this guy was hot. Okay. But not as hot as his dad, who was friends with Napoleon, <laughs> his right? Dad, Napoleon Dynamite? Or? <laughs> no, the Napoleon. So um, apparently, what happened was um, Napoleon sent Alexander Dumas' dad out to um, Egypt as like. You know, we will colonise the people, you know, as yep. they did, murder everybody and steal their stuff and then be like, you belong to us now. Um, so they went out to Egypt to do that and he sent Alexander Dumas' dad and I can't remember this dude's name, but he's rocking around. The Egyptians thought he was a god. So they were like, don't know who this guy is. 
hot as fuck. Looks he good. can stay. Yep. And by don't know who this guy is, they literally thought he was Napoleon. So they're like, this guy is like... So they were just like, yes, Napoleon, hot, yes. Then Napoleon came down. Do you know what Napoleon looked like? Humpty Dumpty. He's a little round ball with tiny legs and he's about two feet tall. Like, the guy was ridiculous. You've probably seen, if I describe it to you, you'll have no idea what I'm talking about. There's a famous painting of Napoleon going, like, on a horse with his big cape behind him and the horse is rearing up and he's got his Napoleon hat on. No. Right. Okay. <laughs> For those of you who do know what that is, uh, so there's also a famous painting of him on a donkey as his little pudding self. Like, he looks like the penguin from Batman. Okay. And he's, like, on this donkey. And that was meant to be him crossing the Himalayas. So there was, like, the glorified uh, political spin version and then there was the, the actual... Putting on a donkey. Like, he looks like the magic pudding in white pants. The man's ridiculous. Anyway, he came over and the Egyptians were like, who's this guy? Kill him. We're staying with a hot black man. It was just like... (laughs) And then Napoleon, um, you know, because white supremacy destroyed um, Alexander Dumas' father, um, like, robbed him of everything because uh, he was ridiculously jealous of the guys hotness, success, actual ability to govern people, like yep. it was a whole thing. Um, so then Alexander Dumas was like, hmm, instrumental in toppling the uh, political systems of the time, which involved Napoleon, because, you know, every good story like that has an origin story, and that was Alexander Dumas. And, and he did it a lot through literature as yep. well, which is one of his things. Anyway, this is a digressed, because The Count of Monte Cristo is one of my favourite stories. I also love The Three Musketeers. So, and Alexander Dumas wrote those as a serial, so I've disgustingly started prepping those. Now, to give you context for this, I love, like, Josh is looking at me like, he's looking at me. No, well, I'm just... <laughs> like, he's been hit over the head. He's like, this woman just doesn't stop speaking. I'm trying to take it all in. <laughs> I'm de- <laughs> Do you want me to speak slower? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm listening intently. I've been, trying to, I've been trying to learn to listen lately to answer. You're doing good. I'm trying, yeah, so I, I sort of try and take it in, <laughs> and then I listen to answer. Cool, cool, cool. All right, so, um, to give you context, Pride and Prejudice was 120,000 words. The Count of Monte Cristo is 500,000 words. So if I were to do that, it would be a multi-year project. Yeah, how long is the... Like hours. Pride and Prejudice, in total, if you listen to our our production of it, it's 14 hours, 27 minutes and 42 seconds long. On the dot. Yes. You know that, yeah. Now someone is going to go and look at that and I'll be wrong. <laughs> it's definitely 14 hours, 27 minutes and a certain number of seconds. Yeah. But anyway, I think it's 42. I could just be pulling that number out of my butt because it's a magical number and everybody knows that. Do you know that, Josh? Yeah, Do you no, want me to educate you no, about the number it can 42? Be <laughs> it's a whole reference. <laughs> I don't know. I know. How about you Google That's that one? I will Google that one. <laughs> um, so... You say that you want to do these big, big projects. Ugh. How, um, how, how can you afford to like? Where, where's the income coming from? Is it from you doing the old photo shoot, or is it like where, where, who pays you to do these type of things? A whole heap of pride and prejudice. So the company had um, like a budget for that, but because it was my project, I actually financed a heap of extracurricular stuff yep. myself. Um, which I did just because I have a job, like a day job. Had a day job. I had that day job. Now I've got a different one. Where was, um, where was the day job? Nah, let's not talk about let's that. Take let's take them go. off. Let's cut them yeah, off. Yeah, boring, boring. <laughs> I'd rather talk about me. All my projects. Which is funny. You say, how are you going to fund these? Yeah. You don't. Um, <clears throat> okay. 
So if there was any of my people, my close people in mm. the room, mm -hmm. i.e. Um, my housemates, they would have just wet themselves laughing at you asking that question. Because, um, so as I said, one of my housemates is a director, he's a writer, yep. he's um, really talented, um, and we've been mates since high school when we did film studies together. Um, and I will walk into him often and just be like, so I've got an idea. And then I'll just launch into a full pitch for a TV show, multiple seasons. And then um, uh, we'd been living together like three months and he was like, do you write these down? And I'm like, no, nah, they're just all in there. And he's like, can you please just write these down? Because he's like someone who's real diligent with his processes and he'll do a treatment of a script and stuff. And like I, uh, he and I were workshopping an idea with a producer and he's like done a treatment of the script that I need to now go through and be like, yes, no, yep. I think we could do this. Let's flesh this out over here. This needs to work within this part of the hero's journey, whatever we're doing. Um, and he will do the due diligence and I will, in a moment of artistic flair, just go and like smash out another chapter or another episode. Like, so we work very differently. So when you're like, you've got these major projects, uh, if I worked on a project any one of the projects that I have, I would be able to, like, it would take multiple lifetimes for me mm. to get through all the stuff that I'm doing. So the fact that you're like, how would you fund this? I would wait until the moment that I'm like, okay, this is the one I'm now going to do. Let's figure it out. Yep. Like, that's, this is, this month's personal motto was fuck around and find out. Yep. And I say this month, but it's always been, always been a thing. Or, like, we did Pride and Prejudice, which was a ridiculous, ambitious, Far out. It was. It was well too much. Time, time well too much. How much time um, do you reckon you spent on it? <laughs> I. You know what? I thought about calculating it about two months in, mm -hmm. and it was too much extra work to calculate it. it so huge. never did it. But it was like on top of a full time job, yep. at like at least thirty hours per week. When it was smaller episodes and less stuff to do. Like we took a production break um, for two weeks in about August, which yep. is when we were originally meant to finish. Mm -hmm. And I still worked about 15 hours each week on that. So it was, but some of it was more. But it's your passion just, too. Like it's, so yeah. it doesn't necessarily feel like work, does it? Mm, well, it does, I but it, I know what you're saying. This it does, does but, but. I think, um, yes, your passion can feel like work, but it feels fucking worth it. Mm. And that's a really, really big deal. Because when you're doing something and you're burning away at something that's going into someone else's passion or pocket or whatever, and that's fine if it's funding you to do whatever you got to do. You know, everyone has different ideals. But if you get that beautiful thing mm. where you get to be in your passion, hurting in your passion, grinding, hustling, making it happen, that's something else entirely. That's, yeah. I mean... 100%. I'm saying this to someone who knows it. Oh, well, oh, like I, so I think of like, so I don't pay a cent for this, obviously, but I enjoy doing it. And it's things like, but you probably also understand that there's opportunities that come from things like this, where you're putting all the time and the effort into something mm -hmm. to then build something for yourself that almost relies, it comes around, like, it goes full circle. Like you, mm. someone comes to you and they say, cool, we want you to do the exact same thing, so we're going to pay you X amount of dollars. Yeah. And it's like, something I can do with love as long as I don't have to change things yep. to be to go too far left of who you what are you as a do. person well this is it this is why you do what you do and you do it honestly mm. so that when it is built into something that people know exactly what you're working for so they come to you for it and you can be like no like literally 
this is what I've got. And you can say yes or no based on that. Yeah, 100%. Mm. It's funny you, you say that, like, you know, people kind of get an idea of what you do. It's um, something that I've been mulling over quite a bit lately, um, and this is getting into feminism. Women more than men, um, reputation is critical. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So to build your reputation um, into something... Um, it matters, matters so, so, so much. So, um, anyway, that's going to be a big digression. Ask me another question, yes? <laughs> I think we'll move, we'll move on to some questions, though. Some <laughs> questions that I have said that I did send you last time. Oh, yeah, great. I don't know how to answer this. Did, did you have anything about it or not? Off the cuff. Just ask Off me. The, okay, here we go. <laughs> uh, what's one thing that nobody knows about you? Here we go. The problem with that question is you said one thing. Well, okay, what's and I'm a famed recluse. What's the uh, biggest thing? I'll say the biggest. Biggest? Biggest. Um, let me just start banging some out. Um, yeah. I, I, most people forget that I have a black belt um, in karate. No, I found shows. this out actually. I thought it was a joke. I didn't know You that. thought it was a joke? Well, she goes, she's... This is Alicia, mutual <laughs> friend. She said to me, she's so talented... She's probably got a black belt or something. I'm pretty sure she's... Does she know you got a black belt? Would she know that? She probably not? does, yeah. Okay, well, the, yeah. She, we've known each other for years. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, maybe she does that. But I thought she said that she's probably... Like, I, I thought she said it was a joke, okay? No, yeah, yeah I do. Okay, so you can kick ass. And I'm ridiculously good with nunchucks. <laughs> um, I can throw hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I... Um, <clears throat> I hate being touched. That's a, a, another thing. That you know what? Yeah. That's that's. I reckon that's a really good thing that people don't know about me because I'm like ridiculously introverted. Um, I incredibly intensely private, yep. which is very hard being a very public person. Mm. So when um, uh, people are like, you know, huggy or stuff, yeah. I'd rather just be like, hello. I don't want to touch someone's how, hand. How do you go and yeah? How do they greet people? Did I shake your hand when we're down Hello. there? I'm, yeah, which is fine. I'm, like, I'm weird with that shit. Cool. I'm but weird with the with girl, especially I'm with the girls. person who will be in a classroom and yep. all of your mates will be hanging off you and I'll be sitting there just being like, get off. Get off, <laughs> get off, Ross. Anyway, uh, what else do people not know about me? I, um, I don't know. Ask me a different question. Yes. I'm bored with that one. Next one. Uh, what are you most afraid of? <laughs> Nothing. This is a stupid question, is Josh. It? I'm telling you this. Why? He, he'd add this to your list, and you better ask this to all you following people. I'm when was the last time you dug a hole? Dug a hole? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? When was the last time you dug a I'm hole? I'm going to ask it of you, Josh. When was the last time you dug a hole? Uh, it would have been on the farm with Dad, putting a fence post in, in 2007. There you go. Keep that one on your list. You'll be surprised at the answers you get. When's the last Because people time? use holes. When's the last... I'm going to write this down. When was the last time you dug a hole? I'm going to do this for the next two episodes. If they both can't answer it, it's gone. <laughs> Deal? <laughs> well, you preemptively would have given them some warning. Well, true, yeah. No, I'm going to leave this one off. I won't tell them, and then I'll spring it off. Um... <laughs> Uh, what you? What was the question you asked me? Uh, what are you most afraid of? Yeah. Um, look, I'm going to give you some stupid answers, and then I'm going to give you the real one. Mm-hmm. 
So, I have multiple fears. One is being in the middle of the open ocean just by myself, and you have no idea what's beneath you. Mm, like, what is in the ocean? Like, have you seen the weird, creepy squids that wash up places? And people are like, we don't know what this is. Let's give it a name. That stuff is beneath you in mm -hmm. the deep, deep, deep dark sea, which is why it's often referenced in literature as the deep blue sea. Yep. Um, it's in the title of actually multiple plays. Um, also, being burnt alive. A scary one. Oh, yeah, what a way to go. Um, I'm massively claustrophobic thanks to MRI machines. You are? Yeah. Can you get are in? You? I'm bad. <laughs> I'm so bad. And when they get... I had to have a on my back one day, yeah. like L4, L5. And I was like, oh, maybe I can just go, like, front way. So, no, no. Yeah, like, as in, like, so my feet first. So, nah, you have to go the other way. And they push you right in. What part of your nice back were you being done? Lower. So you, they're getting, like you're getting, you pushed in to anyone's day MRI and you've got the mirror and you're looking up at the mirror to see them. So it's MA, and they said, we'll give you the button, like the little, what do you call it, pressy button. Mm -hmm. And they said, if you press this, we have to start again. I said, well, don't fucking give it to me because I'm, I'm, I'm so petrified of closed, tight spaces. They're scary. What was it for, if you don't mind me asking? I had uh, a bulge disc, L4, L5. Ooh. Yeah, horrible. But it, like, and they had to do the scan, and then they, you know, I just remember, claustrophobic, bad. How long were you in there for? Uh, it was 20, I reckon it was 20-something minutes. Jesus. It was a long time. It was too long, but I haven't, yeah, no, I'm no good with those. We did an escape room recently in Melbourne. Yeah. And you had to jump in a coffin. <laughs> How'd you go with that? Bad. And they push it because they had to push you across. And the first boy that got in with us, he jumps in and there's a little lever you have to press to be able to slide across so the other boys push you across. And he didn't press the lever, so he's stuck in there. We thought, oh, we've got to do something else before we can get out. <laughs> but it was just the lever. He had to press the lever. But yeah, anyway, give, me the, give me the full one. Give me the, what's the, what's the big one? Is that the big one? No. No. No, no, no. Go on. Have you ever lost a family member? Uh, yeah, didn't younger younger um, so my uncle's my uncle's kid died when he was he was nine, which is pretty bad. But I don't like I don't have too much memory of him to be honest. But um, that was pretty bad. Yeah, that's but not not as much as some people. Have you? Yeah, so I, I have seen something about this with you. Yeah, um, when I was I would have been. 19 yeah because I was about to turn 20 and she was about to turn 22 so my sister was 21 and she died in childbirth and oh she, uh, yeah sorry she, she so she oh, she died giving birth. giving birth yeah and I had nightmares for three months about the sound of my parents screaming when they got the news losing an immediate family member is the worst thing I've ever lived through and when you when you meet someone else that's lost an immediate family member it's not the same like everybody like the way my brother experienced the grief is different to the way her twin sister experienced the grief to mum to dad we all had a very different experience of it um, and everyone has a very different experience of losing an immediate family member but it's not something that you ever prepare for or expect for me, having lived through that fear, it's the thing is, once you know how far you can fall on something, you can't unknow that. Yeah. So that kind of a fear, that's 
that's something that you're lucky to survive that that grief that's a lot yeah, that is, no, that's horrible. That's 21 too, fucking hell. Does that make you fearful to have kids or not? Oh, fuck yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. So um, those of you who know my very publicly visible, beautiful sister, um, she's got four kids now. Um, and the first um, kid she had, she was terrified. I was terrified. Um, I don't know if you know the difference between terror and horror. Terror is... Um, it's something that it's an imagined thing. Horror is is rem like you have experienced it's happening now, or you're remembering the thing that yep. happened. So terror is the hypothetical. Mm -hmm. um, the terror of it. Um, I remember she had the baby, and I was just like weeping. Ran through the hospital with like seven bunches of flowers, and I remember holding that nephew and saying to mum, "We get to keep this one," and it played on both our minds. For every every baby she's had, and it's it's same thing for like the people who look after her, because what she died of was called an amniotic fluid embolism, and that uh, the, no one knows what causes it. So, and it's not meant to be um, like a, you may have it if someone else in your family has. There's yep. no link there, but they still. Um, my sister, I believe, was considered a high risk pregnancy because of everything that happened. Yeah. Um, but you just. And it's not just her. Um, one of my best mates very recently had a baby, and I just and I know it would have been in her mind too, because mm. like the day Maya died, so we'd been at all had been at school together, and she drove from Melbourne to show up at my house to just hold me while I was practically catatonic, being like I have no idea what's happening. Um, so and I've got friends that message me and say, you know, when um, when they had kids, they thought of her too. Um, but childbirth is by no means safe. It's so fucking scary. It is. We had a pretty bad experience. Yeah. Like, and that's when people say, childbirth is a beautiful thing. I'm like, fucking hell. Like, it scares the living. It scares the shit out of me to go back to it and to put, put her through it. Because that's, like, I, I want another kid, but then I don't want to put her through that again. It's horrible. Full on. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> I don't, yeah, no, that's shit ass. Mm, it is, but um, also that's, that's life. And that's um, the grit, the blood, the bone, the, the bright, the beautiful, the horror, the grief, the love, that is life. Yeah. Yeah. True. Thanks for sharing that. Mm. Um... What's something that somebody said to you in your life that's just never never left you? Like, is there something someone said when you were younger or that's just stuck with you forever? This one I actually really struggled with because I kept coming back to um, something my therapist said to me this week in therapy, which this was, week. was magnificent. <laughs> yeah, no, I liked um, it. We could start with this week. <laughs> she, uh, so this week what has stuck with me was um, uh, she's like, you're angry. Women aren't allowed to be angry, so, you know, just... Women aren't allowed? Yeah, it's it, the whole thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> we can talk about <laughs> that in another, yeah. in another podcast, Jess. Um, you know, so you don't need to... You don't have to show it off to people. You keep that privately as yours, but that is what is protecting you, and it is righteous. You hold on to that. And I was like, 
that is something beautiful that we don't tell people often enough. So um, from the perspective of, if there are, you know how there's like your seven deadly sins, mm-hmm. um, I'm not a fan of them. I'm not a fan of that idea that if you're um, angry, that that's by default an unhealthy feeling because anger specifically is um, something that says no 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 fuck that I'm worth something or fuck that they're worth something you could you don't get to do that it's it's like a little price tag that that is reminding you how much a thing costs um, and jealousy you're allowed to be jealous of people like you're not allowed to go and take their shit like. <laughs> Don't be a dick, but if you're looking at someone and you're like, God damn, I wish I had that. That's a perfectly human thing to feel. Uh, Yeah, and sloth, like far out. Do we not let each other rest enough? Like this whole obsession with being busy and that burning the candle at both ends and never, 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 never stopping. How often do you rest and feel guilty for it? Uh, used to be bad not so much mm. anymore used to be really bad mm. used to be shocking more so with training yep I used to be really bad with resting with training and now more so it's just like it's not going to matter if you, if you miss one session or like I'm sorry I can pull it back I should say i still got like I've got um, what's the word not targets to hit I guess but mm-hmm. it, like I've got my my structure throughout the mm. week but I'm okay to be flexible with it I'm okay with pulling stuff out if I need it but not like it used to be it used to be just nuts mm. it's um me as someone who never stops um when I rest I had to I had to learn to rest mm-hmm. um because that stigma of it being sloth like you're not doing anything you're not achieving it's not worth anything but sometimes your body your brain your soul just need a you moment need a burnout. you know yeah, anyway. Hmm. Whatever. That was a, I feel like that was a boring response with you. Uh, carry it's on. Next response. question. <laughs> Next question. Who would you like on the podcast? Who would you like to see on the podcast? Belinda Coates. Actually, I've got several people I'm going to tell you this. Do you know who Belinda Coates is? She is. She's something to do with. Yeah, no, I do. Hang on. Wait. I don't want to get this wrong. Give me a moment. It's not greens. Is it greens? No. Yeah, she is greens. Bang. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. yeah. That's that's all I've seen from the signs and that. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Good um, to you. I'd really love to see Belinda Coates on here. She's a um, counsellor. The reason I reckon she would be just mind-blowing to have on here is she's... Well, firstly, she's an introvert. So speaking publicly and to people doesn't come naturally to her. And here's someone who's in the public life yep. doing groundbreaking stuff for this city. Um, so greens aside, she's actually a, a social worker, a qualified social worker. And she's been working with a lot of the victims of the um, sexual assault that the church, um, so institutional sexual assault that has been covered up um, to the point that she even went to Rome with survivors to confront the Pope. This woman is amazing. She went to Rome. And this is someone who does not like being in the public, um, public speaking, um, having to like go out and schmooze with people but she has to do it to fight for the people that she believes in. So she's amazing. Other people who I think would be really wicked to talk to, Nathan Kerno, the poet. Yeah. Um, Ballarite guy. Um, uh, he's got poetry. You know where Safeway and Coles are? 
when you yep. walk from um, Peel Street around past Safeway, there's some like chairs and stuff there, and they've got poetry written on them. He wrote them. He's a he's a really great poet. Um, he, he's I've got one of his poetry books at home. <laughs> it's got this poem in it, and it's like um, the t- the title of it. I'm gonna sorry, Nathan. I'm gonna fuck this up. The title of it is something like. Um, the Lindsay family walking into the art gallery and looking at the exhibition that is the display of their lounge room. That's the title. And the poem is, what the fuck? <laughs> it says, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I've, I've absolutely butchered the name of the poem, but check it out. Um, and uh, someone else, um, Lily Mae Martin, the artist. So I don't know if you've seen her work. Does she put stuff in real estate homes? Is that her? No. No? What's her work? Um, she does ink, ink and pen, um, amazingly detailed, gritty, raw illustrations. Like, they're so fucking good. They're like, um, she'll do like bush scenes or she'll do like nude bodies doing like weird angles and stuff. Oh. You love it. Just next level. But as a person, fuck. Out, I fucking admire her. She's um, incredibly intelligent, has lived through a lot, yep. and sees the world the way an artist needs to, which is honestly and uniquely like complete badass. Is she, um, where does she work out of? Or does she work from home? Or uh, I know she's got a studio at her place. Because um, I've been and had coffee with her there, um, but um, I literally wouldn't be able to tell you much about the stuff outside of knowing how fucking cool she is and knowing, you know, how great her art is too. Awesome. Yeah. Is cool? And the girl from Uncovered. Yeah, Lucy Coxall. There we go. Okay. Yeah. I'll write that down. Beautiful. Thanks so cool. much for coming on. Do you no have worries. anything to leave us with? Anything you want to tell the people of Ballarat? And beyond. Just funny is when you say that, my inner introvert just goes, no, fuck off, Josh. Fuck off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that, we're That's back to that PRC no, no, song. No, 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 fuck off. We'll leave it there. Fuck, fuck off. off. Fuck Stop off. calling me, Josh. <laughs> he hasn't heard this song yet. I've been telling him. Did you catch that at the no, start? No. You want to, you can, can you end this with a bit of a song? Actually, we'll listen to her sing. That's what, something I should have said is that I'm also a professional singer. She can sing. <laughs> she started singing at the start and I was like, what the fuck? She can sing? Come on, finish this. Here we go. I don't want to talk when I'm knocking off junk at four o'clock. I thought you were blocked. Fuck off, stop calling me Josh. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Mia. Excuse me. Thanks for tuning in, team. Once again, would appreciate any reviews you've got down below. Have a great day.